I want to teach you something to do with prophetic journey. Somebody say prophetic journey. Say the prophetic journey. Say it again. Say it again. Now, I want you to turn your Bibles to the book of Corinthians. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 1. The Bible says, For I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the crowd and all passed through the same sea and all were baptized into Moses in the crowd and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, with most of them, God was not pleased for they were um, uh, overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things took place as example for us that we might not desire evil as they did. Now, I'm going back to uh, the 6a. Now, these things took place as examples for us. Listen to this. There's a prophetic journey that I want you to learn today. The life we live, it is a journey which God gives us every day. Sometimes I wonder why people that don't understand the principles that God has given on everybody's life. But the, the truth is, the day you got saved, the day you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you ventured into a new life of a journey. And the journey which you are living is called a prophetic journey. Now the Bible says, all what happened in the wilderness with Moses and all the children of Israel, whatever happened was happening for us. It was a journey for us. The Bible says they drank spiritual drink. They ate spiritual food. Meaning to say all what was happening was so spiritual. It was more than crossing the Red Sea. It was for us to learn something from it. It was more than eating the manna. It was more than drinking water from the rock. It was an example for us. In other words, whatever happened in the Old Testament was an example, was a lesson, was a teaching for us. If you're following, raise up your right hand and say amen. amen. So everything you read in the Bible, it happened for our own purpose, for us to learn something. Now the Bible says, for the eats a spiritual food and drank from the same spiritual rock. And that rock was Jesus Christ. Now when you read the Bible, there's a time where Moses and the children of Israel were so thirsty and they had no water. And the Bible says, and Moses took the road as God told him to hit the rock. There was a stone nearby. And the Bible says, God told Moses to hit the rock once. But when he went there, he hit it. There was no water coming out. And he thought the miracle has failed. As some of you did. You prayed for a breakthrough and nothing happened. You prayed for a miracle nothing happened. And he doubted. And he said, I did it and no water is coming out. And he went again for the second time. And hit. And water came out. And God said, I'm angry with you. Because of this, you will not enter Canaan. How painful it was. Someone who has taken people for 40 years in the wilderness and they tell you you will not enter because of disobedience just because of doubt 
And most of us who have been disqualified by God because of doubt. God said, you have received a miracle. But there's this type of doubt that comes in and fear that overcomes the faith that we have in him. And we begin to lose our faith. And because of that, the Bible says, and God said, you want to enter. Now, all those experiences, the Bible says they happen for our own good. They happen for us to learn something from them. It was a journey. Now, I, I want to get this information. They traveled all the way from Egypt to Canaan. And prophetically, Egypt, according to the book of Revelation, the Bible says our Lord Jesus Christ was crucified in the cities of Egypt. That's Revelation. And you wonder that Jesus Christ never died in Egypt. Other versions says he was crucified in Gomorrah. Uh, he, was, he wasn't crucified there, but spiritually Egypt has got a concept of sin. Has got a concept of slavery. When someone says, God has taken me out of Egypt, it's like you're trying to say, God has taken me out of bondage. So Egypt has got a bondage type of interpretation. Spiritually, according to the Bible. Hello? Yeah. Am I talking to somebody right here? Yeah. Am I speaking to somebody right here? Yeah. So when you look at Egypt, it has that ability of, so what happened was they were in slavery, struggling, and they were all under the hostage of fellow. And they needed someone to take them out. And Moses came with the law, with the word, and redeemed them. But the Bible says he didn't just redeem them like that. The Bible says God gave supernatural abilities to Moses. To say if you go and take the children of Israel just like that, Pharaoh will not let them go. But you're going to perform miracles. Am I talking to someone right here? Some miracles must be performed. When Pharaoh sees those miracles in the lives of those people, he will let them go. You know, like some of you, you are under different types of problems. When the devil has seen miracles which God is performing in you, the devil will let you go. You need some miracles to happen to you. Some things to change. Some miracles around you to happen. And the devil will be like, and the devil here is a representation of fellow. And he never released the children of Israel despite all the miracles. Until the last miracle. Am I talking to somebody right until the last miracle. And what miracle was it? It was the killing of the lamb. And taking the blood of the lamb. Putting on the doorpost. So that when the angel of death comes. When he sees the blood on your door. He was not entering in your house. He was passing over. If you don't see blood on your door. He was entering. Killing you. That also means the blood of Jesus. Which came and died on the cross as the lamb. And you have that blood upon your life. When the angel of problems comes, when he sees the blood of Jesus on your head, because the Bible says you are the temple of God, when he sees the blood on you, he passes over. And he goes to someone who has got no blood on top of his head. Am I talking to somebody right here? So everything in the Bible happened for our own good and purpose. And I want you to get this information. Hello? Hello? I said hello? Now, all that was a spiritual journey, teaching us whatever happened in the wilderness 
was revealed in the New Testament. The Bible says, and when they were hungry, I mean, when, when they were thirsty, they drank water from the rock. And Jesus Christ came and said what? I am the solid rock. He said, I am, I am the rock. He is the rock of ages. Am I talking to somebody right? And the book, uh, in, in the book of Philippians, the Bible says that they drank from the spiritual rock. And that rock was cursed. Oh my goodness. They thought they were drinking from the rock. But they didn't know it was Christ who went in the wilderness and turned into a rock. The Bible says they drank from the same spirit, and that rock was Christ. In other words, whatever happened in the Old Testament is a lesson too. That's what my message. I was trying to make a preamble for you so you can get my message well. Can I teach you now the prophetic journey? All right. There is a prophetic journey that happens. And I want you to go into the book of, uh, let's go to the book of Kings. And um, your life won't be the same again. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. I said hallelujah. Amen. Second Kings chapter 2. Second Kings chapter 2. It's from verse 1 to 14. And it came to pass when Jehovah would take up Elijah by whirlwind into heaven, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gigo. Now, I want you to understand the word Gigo from there. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tell her here. Tell her here. Tell her here. Where? At the Gigo, right? I pray thee, for Jehovah has sent me as far as Bethel. And Elijah saying, As Jehovah liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. Somebody say Bethel. Underline the word Bethel. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tell here, I pray thee, for God has sent me to Jericho. Underline the word Jericho. And he said, As God lives and as thy soul lives, I will not leave thee. For they came to Jericho. And Elijah said unto him, Tell here, I pray thee, for Jehovah has sent me to the Jordan, underline the word Jordan. And he said, As Jehovah liveth, and I, thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. And the two went on, and Elijah took his mantle, wrapped it together, and smote the waters, and they were divided, hither and hither, so that the two went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they uh, were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee. Before I am taken from thee. And Elijah said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And it came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire, which parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up, but he went into heaven, and he took up also the mount of Elijah and fell from him, and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. And took the man of Elijah and fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is Jehovah, the God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they were divided hither and hither. And Elisha went over. Hallelujah. I want you to get something which is very important um, in this contest. The Bible talks of Elijah and Elisha. They began their journey 
from what have you underlined the first place is what is what Gilgal the second place Bethel the third place Jericho and the fourth place Jordan now there is a prophetic journey of every believer and I want you to learn this journey I want you to learn this journey I want you to learn this journey so important and so strategic to your life otherwise you don't know where you're coming from and you don't know where you're going because you don't know that you don't know that what you don't know you don't know because you don't know that you don't know that's why you don't know that you don't know that what you don't know you don't know because you don't know that you don't but you're gonna know you're gonna know that you know that what you know you know because you will know that you know that what you know you know because you know that you know huh? now look at this the bible is talking about the four stages and the four places where elijah and elisha went all right don't forget what we just read the bible says for all what happened in the old testament happened for our example hello the bible says for all what happened in the bible happened for our example whatever happened was so spiritual for our example not the example but for us now the bible says and elijah spoke to elisha that remain here for god has spoken to me that i must go to bethel and this was at gilgal and the bible says elisha said no no way i won't let you go because where there is you there is god i'm gonna go with you i, I want to remain here so they moved from gilgal they went to bethel when they reached bethel elijah said Elisha remain here because I'm going out. Elisha said, Master, I won't let you go here at Bethel. I'm going to follow you. So he followed him. They went to Jericho. At Jericho, he said, remain here. He said, I will not remain here at all because where there is you, there is God. And the Bible talks there at Jericho. They were sons of the prophets which were laughing at Elisha. They were saying to him, hey, your master will be taken out of you today. And Elijah, and Elijah said, I know, but that's not your business. Am I talking to somebody? They tried to discourage him. That, oh, just remain here, your master's going. And the man said, I know that my master will be taken out, but that's not your business. Am I talking to somebody right here? That's not your business. That's not your business. I know, but that's not your business. Now, there are some people who try to stop you from following prophets. Tell them, I know what you are saying, but that's not your what? That's not your business. I didn't hear this. That's not, that's not your business. Elijah said, I know, but that's not your what? Your business. <laughs> I'm telling you. S uh, spiritual things are not physical things. Ah, you didn't hear this. Yes. Come on. If you can't do it and he can do it, 
Why are you trying to bring things around his life? Why can't you just see what he's able to do that you can't do and say, I must receive what he can do that I can't do? Uh, am I talking to someone right here? Now, so Elisha said, I want to remain at Bethel. I'm going to follow you. So he followed. They reached at the river. Someone said the river. And the name of the river was called Jordan. And the Bible said they parted the water and they crossed on the dry ground. Ah, I'm not talking to someone right here. And in this place, there was no sin like of Moses, where people were crying, Oh, so what can we do? There is a sea ahead of us. So these guys were matured. They just come, there's no prayer, nothing. Hit the water, split, they're crossing. Then they crossed. They're to the other side. And when they were other side, at Jordan, the other side, the Bible says, as they were walking, behold, a chariot of fire. Hey, appeared. And Elijah said to Elijah, he said, my father, my father. He said, he said, he said, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And as he said, they were parted. And there was a mantle that was released. But before that, there was a question. What must I give you? He said, I want the double portion of your spirit, of your anointing. The, and Elijah said, you have begged a difficult thing. What you're looking for is so difficult. Am I talking to somebody right? There are so many people when they look at a prophet, all they want is what he's able to give them spiritually. Listen. Don't, don't, when, you look, when you look at a man of God, don't look at him for what he is. See what makes him be what he is. And you must look for that. So Elisha never said, I want to be raising the dead. No. He never said, I want to be like you. No. He said, I want what is on you. It must come on me. Double. Am I talking to somebody? What is upon you? He didn't say, I want to be doing, I want to prophesy like you. No. He said, what is up? What makes you to be you? Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that on the Holy Ghost right here. What makes you? And Elijah said, you have asked for a difficult thing. Because what I have, I toil for it. I go to mountains for it. I, I fast for it. I, I don't sleep because of it. So Elijah said, you have asked for something which is so difficult. But because of the revelation that you have, which you have just said, my father, my father. Because never a day did Elisha call Elijah my father. There's a difference between calling him your prophet and calling him your father. All this time he was my prophet, my master, my prophet. But there's a level where he said he's more than my prophet. He is my spiritual father. The day he got that revelation, when he said my father... Hey, something was released immediately. Am I talking to somebody? Because there are some things are not for other people. They are only for your children. That's why even Jesus said, what I have is only for my children. To a woman, say, it's not for dogs. It's for my children. There are some things which God gives a man of God. 
Only special for his children. So only those who have got the right, those who say he's my father, those ones they have the ability to receive from a, such a father. For he has got things for his children. That's why there's a prophecy to say, for your children, for you and your children shall be for signs and for wonders. And the Bible says, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Which sons? Not physical sons. There the Bible talks of spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. That word was to the prophet Joel. He was a prophet prophesying that your spiritual sons and your spiritual daughters shall prophesy. They shall see visions. So there are things for your daughters and for your sons only. Not for everybody. Am I talking to somebody? Not for everybody. There are some things you only give your sons. So when he said, my father, my father, there was an anointing released. <laughs> Say anointing released. Say it again. Now wait. Now I want us to start the journey from Gilga. Let's go to Gilga. Now I want you to write the topic Gilga. So we'll talk who is Gilga and what happened at Gilga. And we'll explain it. Then we'll move from Gilga. We'll travel together. Now Gilga is a place where there was circumcision. Let me read it for you first. And I want you to get this information so well. Joshua chapter 5 verse 9. Joshua 5, verse 9. The Bible says, The Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore the name of this place is called Gilgal to this day. So the word Gilgal means to row away the flesh. To row away the flesh. I told you, Egypt represents captivity, the bondage, sin, or anything. So every time we talk of Egypt, it is to do with anything that can, 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 can put you into a place where you are limited to do something. Now, the Bible says, for they were coming from the land of Egypt, going to Canaan, and those who were born in the wilderness were not yet circumcised. So there was a law which was given that they may all go through circumcision. So they said, go, call all the children of Israel for circumcision. And all those who went through circumcision on that day, on that place, it was called Gilgal. For God had rolled away the captivity of Egypt. Hello? Now, go to the book of Colossians, chapter 2, verse 11. Colossians, chapter 2. 
verse 11. Something important. The Bible says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of, of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. There the Bible says the circumcision means to put off the body of sin. Now, I want you to remove the word Gilgal, they, and put the definition. And the definition is putting off the board of sin, dealing with the flesh, removing the abilities of the flesh. When I say removing the abilities of the flesh, I mean the human wisdom, the thinking capacities, the faculties of our Maduro Brangatas. All our imaginations, all our minds, our mindsets, our abilities and our wisdom of this earth, which we have them from the human perspective. When we deal with it, when we pull it off, then we are at Giga. Am I talking to somebody right here? So first of all, the journey starts from Giga. The day you are going to deal with your flesh, then I'm, I'm going to tell you that you have ventured Gilga. So Gilga is a place where God teaches you. He cuts off your fleshly desires. He deals with your flesh. I have seen so many people trying to, 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 to name themselves, trying to say, oh, sin, oh, sin is trying to bother me. It's not sin at all. Look at your flesh. Deal with your flesh. It's not even sometimes the devil at all. It's your flesh. Says my flesh. Says my flesh. So when you kill it, when you have the ability of killing your flesh, then you have ventured yourself at Gilga. At Gilga is a place where you can even go into prayer and fasting. Where God teaches you to fast. Where you tell your body, you're going to sleep like this from morning to tomorrow morning. You won't have water. You won't have juice. You won't have food. You won't have anything. Because I am more in the spirit than in the flesh. That's Gilga. Am I talking to someone right here? The place where you have got something important that you want. Your flesh is looking for it. But you say for the sake of who I am in the spirit. That's Gilga. So Gilga is a place where your flesh dies. The day you received Jesus Christ, it was at Gilga. Where your sins are brought out. Hello? Yes. Hello? Yes. Say Gilga. Gilga. So if you have got a problem with your flesh, you must go through Gilga today. No, 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 no. They didn't hear this. Elijah started a journey with Elisha. But now you and me, we're starting a journey, right? So we are at Gilga right now. We are at Gilga right now. Now, say, take me out, take me out. Now, I am moving from Gilga. I'm going to Bethel. And I want you to remain at Gilga. Are you going to remain? Now, wait. Listen to this. At Gilga is a spiritual experience where God allows a believer to struggle. And most of you are still there. 
It is a place of calamity. When someone goes through circumcision, there is pain. It's a place of blood. That's why some of you, you are saved. You gave your life to Christ. But still more, you are under pain. There are some problems in your life. They're not going out. It's because you gave your life, yes. You were circumcised, yes. But you didn't move out of Gilga. You are still there. Gilga is not a place to stay. It's a place to move out. After receiving Christ, after going through circumcision, you must move out. Otherwise, you still go through pain. It's a place of blood. It's a place of circumcision. It's a place to hear people crying. Why? Because it's a place of pain. Am I talking to somebody here? Yes, you are. your sins are rolled away. Your flesh is rolled away. But it's not good to remain there. There's an ability to move out. And you must move out to a new place. Am I talking to somebody? The reason why believers are in problems today, yet they gave their lives to Christ, is because despite giving their lives to Jesus Christ, they never moved out of Gilgal. They're still there. So it's a place of pain. Oh, say it again. I can't hear you. Say it's a place of pain. Say it again. Say it's a place of pain. It's a place where God takes out your sins. You deal with your flesh. Don't worry with your sins. Just, want, just deal with your flesh. The Bible says, offer your body a living sacrifice. He said, offer your bodies a living sacrifice. Deal with your flesh. You know, begin to go through a life of prayer and fasting. Do you know why we fast? There are some people who they don't even know the definition of fasting. They say, I'm fasting. Hallelujah, I'm fasting. The foundation of everything is fasting. Fasting does not mean your answer will be under fasting. People think that, you know, when you fast, your answer will come fast. No. Fasting kills your body. I, I, one time I was teaching someone, I was saying, Elisha was given a dead child. Trace. He prayed for seven times. The first time the child never came back to life. The second time the child couldn't come back to life. The second time he prayed and prayed. No miracle happened. He struggled for a miracle. Elisha, the whole prophet. Until the seventh time he took his mouth to the mouth of the dead child. His nose to the nose. Which means the man struggled to perform a miracle. But the Bible says... The same Elisha, there was a time he died. When he died, he was buried in a grave. When he was in the grave, all what remained were his bones. So there was a dead man who died on war. They took a dead man, they threw him in the grave of Elisha. When a dead man came in contact with the bones of Elisha, the Bible said the dead man came back to life. There was no praying for the first time. There was no praying until the seventh time. There was no struggle. His bones raised him. Why did the miracle happen so quick like that? It is because there was a teaching the Bible was trying to teach us. When Elisha was in the flesh, when he was not dead, he could struggle to perform a miracle. But when he died, his bones could raise a dead person without struggle. Do you know why? Because when you are, when you are alive, when your flesh is alive, 
when your body is alive, when you have not killed your flesh, it is difficult to perform miracles. It is difficult to receive miracles. But when you die, like Elisha died, just contacting a dead person, life was programmed. Am I talking to somebody right here? There was no struggle of a miracle. Why? Because the man was dead when you died to this world. So fasting kills your body. When you go into fasting, your body dies. That's why there are some people when they want to pray for a, a lame person, they will be struggling in the name of Jesus. Walk, walk. A miracle won't happen. Or some people, they look at a person and say, in the name of Jesus, walk. And the miracle will happen. Why? Because those people are people who live a life of fasting. I'm not talking to somebody right now.